What a beautiful day. Club I good. Great day to cast a vote in a referendum, eh? <laughs> or not. <laughs> Bro, I succumbed to my own white guilt and um, I went and voted. Oh, okay. And then you know how they have like the geriatric person on the front with a fucking folder the size of three encyclopedias with all the names in it, like we're in 1806, flicking through, trying to find my name. What's your name? Tell her. First name? Joshua. Do you go by any other names? No. You go, no. Now that you ask. Now, now that you mention Dude, it. Dude, I was so close <laughs> to be like, some call me Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big Papa Grey Grey. <laughs> 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 Lil <Pop>. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> What's your street name? <laughs> the Joshy. <laughs> uh, um, long story short, I vaguely remember getting a letter from the Electoral Commission saying something about being taken off the electoral roll if I didn't do X, Y, and Z. And, of course, I did none of X, Y, and Z. So I assume I've actually been offloaded from the electoral roll. Removed from our democratic process. Correct. Which now I've gone in and they've now got an inkling as to I'm actually alive still and where <laughs> I live. I feel like I should have just let that roll. Yeah. Been anonymous. Just moonwalked out of there. <laughs> I thought like, you literally sorry, just, uh, Mr. Gray, we can't find any evidence you exist. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> you never saw me. <laughs> I was never here. Dude, I thought about it. She's like, yeah, just go over to that gentleman and he'll fill in some fucking ballot or whatever. Yeah, like absentee vote sort of thing. I got up and as I was walking over there, I was like, I could just turn left and go. But I didn't. I um, You cast your vote. Yeah, you had your voice heard. My voice was heard. Um, yes, so that was done. I didn't buy a Demo democracy hot dog um, for fear of food poisoning, but, oh, these are 3.5. That's a shame. Um I do have a um, something to say though, and that is, my dear Scoge, happy anniversary. How's it today? Two years of pods, my friend. <laughs> Clean. Madness, madness. <laughs> I just spilled beer on the bench. That's fine. Yeah, pour pour one out. Pour one out for Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Man, two years. Two years of pods. That's crazy. I had mad long hair. Yeah. I was looking back on them. I on some of the stuff in an old hard drive this week. I was like, God damn. Well, same studio. I took a quick stroll down Spotify memory lane to the to the first few and it it struck me, I suppose, like just how many cool, interesting people we've had in here. Somehow I even forgot we'd done, you know? Yeah, fully. And um it's it's really quite cool to look back after, you know, eighty six episodes and be like, fuck. I hope that we've added some value. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. It's added value to me. Mm. And as a selfish narcissist, <laughs> that's all I really require. <laughs> no, it's been good. Yeah, and we have had some pretty pretty wild people on there. I saw that there was a um, the Bali one. Got a repost the other day. Yeah, two years for, for Azra and uh, Chatty and the boys as well, um, aftermath of Bali. Yeah, 21. 20, 21 did I say two, two years? years yeah, yeah, 21 years. Yeah. Madness. 
two years of pods. How have we spoken this long? <laughs> I don't know. I remember when we first started, we were like, um, how are we going to sustain a conversation that is potentially more than an hour long? Yeah. And somehow, every week, we come somehow in and do it. Somehow we have managed. It's varying degrees of quality, but- There is definitely varying degrees of quality. That's like I anything apologize. There was one, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that when I was editing, I was like, wake up, Scott, wake up. <laughs> that was just when I had not had my coffee. Yeah. But I've done the, I've been Dexy free for like two and a bit weeks now. Oh, shit. And I feel way better. So, I've like tons of energy and stuff. So, that first few days was rough. Mm-hmm. Just yelling at baristas. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so, some might say. That's it. But um, nah, life is life is pretty good now. Spend the morning at the beach. Oh yeah, dude. In these uncertain times, Josh, mm. where the world appears to be falling apart, there's just no peace in the Middle East. The country is divided. Which flag to post? i know like it's just it's horror and death and sadness and all this all around and this morning i got up and sat on the beach and i was just like oh my god it's a nice it's summer's coming it's beautiful you need to be you need to just switch off and enjoy it i know that there's like so much atrocities going on and stuff but you need to be able to enjoy the day-to-day otherwise you just because i got caught up in that obviously the israel palestine stuff for a couple of days and i was just like man it's horrible it's awful then you're looking into it more like what's actually really going on this and that and then by the end of it you're just like oh my god i'm miserable i'm so miserable and then today being on the beach i was like i'm just gonna Enjoy my reality. Mm. That's just, you need to just enjoy your reality because if you were stuck over in a conflict zone, which a lot of the world's in, you would be wishing to God that you were here and you would be enjoying yourself. Exactly. Yeah, 100% agree with you. You've got to use privilege. <laughs> <laughs> like acknowledge that you have it, but you- Use it. Like yeah. when it's there, be like, oh, I'm in a privileged position to be sitting on this beach right now, not in a war zone. And it's, it's so, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird concept, this concept of being, you know, guilty about having a nice life <laughs> or it a life that's though, right? relatively stress free. When you, re- when you see all this stuff that's going on and other people's, it's always been there, but I think because we're so hyper connected now. It's like, I'm never going to deny that I'm privileged. I like, live in a fantastic place. Mm. Like, life is, life is pretty, like, it's not without its challenges, but it's pretty good. And I'm, I know that that was a flick of a coin. Like, I could have easily been born Jewish. You could have popped out in another portal. Yeah, 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 100%. Vagina, I believe. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting, though, your comment there about, you know, the personal nature of situations being more so because of our connectedness. It's like thinking back when we invaded um, like Iraq in the Gulf War 1991, the only real info you had on it, the only things you saw were on the nightly news. Yep. Um, And you never considered narrative at all. 
And just like, yeah, there's no faces to it. When you think of Iran, Palestine now, you see that German chick at the rave. You see the dude crying in the rubble of his Palestinian house because he's lost his entire family. You know, it's so personal. Yeah. And you don't have to go seek it out either. It's delivered to you. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, constantly pushed to you. And, I mean, that's a, it's a horrible conflict. I don't think anyone in their right conscience can pick a side. And I think it's in our nature to pick a side. But it's like, there's a complicated, complex situation, man. Like, I'm not even touching that one. Yeah. It's you, like- You're almost looking for good and evil, but- Unfortunately, in that situation, it's very, very, very complicated, as you so said. So complicated. It's like 2,000 years of historical conflict between yeah. those two peoples and, and that area. It's um, not something that you can unpack with an Instagram post, although a lot of people are clearly fucking trying. Well, you know what? I think if I had, a f- if, if I had friends or family in either of those places, I'd be obviously heavily on one side. And I've seen that through Instagram, which I completely respect, where people are like, you know, upset and and emotionally charged. And that makes sense if you have skin in the game. But I think, yeah, this is going to be, I mean, as cynical as as it sounds, it's an interesting one to play out social media-wise because the Russia-Ukraine one is a pretty easy one because you're like, oh, Russia, everyone's scared of Russia, I think Putin's nuts and all that sort of stuff, and they have nukes. So it's like, yeah, we're on. We're pretty firmly on the other side of that one. But this one is just like it's it's a conflict in a different country that we have no concept of what is what what the experience of the people that live there is like. But I do know that seeing two hundred fifty people killed at a music festival, regardless of what side you're on, that's a pretty horrible thing. That to see that that the, the iPhone footage of people just dancing, and then like twenty minutes later they're dead. Yeah, like I they. they it's, it, it, I think it comes down to the civilian issue, right? Where you're just like, yeah. this is clearly both sides, yeah. fucking killing civilians. Yeah, no one's. It's pretty slim to pick a team. From the problem I have, I suppose, is you know broad statements like the two hundred and fifty people murdered apparently. Oh, I watched it. There's video of it. Yeah, I've and it's seen. Real, it's real bad. Like I watched it. There's a Twitter thing and it was like caution and it was dash cams from people trying to escape. Yeah. And it's full iPhone footage of dudes in Adidas track pants just <laughs> shooting people in the head. It's so yeah. – it, I was just like, whoa, I need to log off from this. This is yeah. too much. Yeah, I just – I'm just so wary at the moment of – Governments using information as a weapon, you know, yeah. to radicalize or skew the argument. You know, there was the whole baby beheading scenario yeah. where Biden comes out. He's like, I've seen the pictures. It's it's horrible. Then he had to retract that. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, We're in the infancy of this communication age, I think, in a way like where, you know, you essentially can be on the front lines. Like you can see what's going on on the front lines of all of these things all the time. So as you said, there's no one narrative that can spill through Yeah. Um, from like the news. So everyone and, – and I think that what's happening is like there is – maybe there is broad strokes like good and evil or right and wrong, but in these – in any conflict, 
it's nuanced. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get down to just the people that are standing there fighting each other in their personal experience. So, and we get to kind of see that. So it's hard not to be like emotionally yep. connected to that. And I think, you know, potentially as as time moves moves on, if we can, if we maintain this social, political, ge- geographical setup that we have, and no one starts nuking each other, I assume that we would. There will have to be some sort of new way of thinking about picking teams and stuff like that because Mm. people are going to get fatigued over that like if you are completely aware there's this conflict going on there's ukraine there's probably stuff going on in the congo there's you know something might break out somewhere else and suddenly it's like oh okay so i'm on this team it's like fucking fantasy football it's horrible yeah and then you've got the media and i'm sure the majority of of mainstream media is they have their scruples, but you know, when in this age, when content is literally money, um, there would be some, some motivation, I suppose, to, to go off early, get something out quickly, maybe not fact checked, maybe hammered up. You know, I just don't, that sort of, dodgy reporting it's tough because it makes you cynical eh? and you don't don't want to be cynical like you would be like i would like to be presented with the facts so that i can make my own mind up which is what news was meant to be but then you have infotainment which is everything now that's right and um yeah some of it takes you know that reporter commenting on the beheaded babies female reporter got her face blasted all the way across the the world on that on the back of that story which we're now finding out is probably fake so what where where are you now with that you're going to come out and apologize or it's too late the damage is already done yeah and then it's just like what a weird time man because that's what we're thinking about and talking about and then at a base level there is just families that are getting killed and it's like the argument is one level above that because it's almost too argue too hard to argue about like the actual conflict itself so suddenly everyone goes oh well the these people are talking about it on social media and these people are misreporting and these people are doing this and retracting and it's like we're all comfortable having a conversation in that space Mm. like we're all comfortable taking shots at people for being like yeah, taking shots at people for like sticking themselves in the middle of it almost. And then by doing that, we're kind of doing exactly the same thing. But that seems to be like our Western nature in some way because it's absurd. It's, it's almost like when like ambulance chases, like that Nightcrawler movie, you know, like you need to think about how many people have died, how weird it would be to fucking die. You know, or to be in a heavy traffic accident, being thrown out of the car, your fucking arms hanging off, you can't feel your legs, you don't know if you're about to die, and the first person there is a guy with a camera, and he's down on his knees in front of you, just filming you die, while the ambulance is—you can hear the ambulance coming. It's like mm-hmm. it's kind of like we're partaking in that in some way, just by like there's this horror going on and these real, genuine, real life stories happening that would just be so in, so absurd to live through, so insane, so incredibly absurd to live through. And then it's like there's a reporter there going like, oh, I wonder if I can 
wedge myself into this in a way that's going to go viral. Mm-hmm. It's fucking gross. Yep. Thankfully, it's not everyone. I did watch a really good uh, doco on a guy called Rich Natchway called The War Photographer, and um, he has a really good way of approaching conflict. And, you know, it's one of those get there but but not be a part, obviously for his own safety, but you need to report um, from a place of neutrality. Yeah, just fly on the wall, yeah. photojournalism. Yeah. It and would that's still beautiful. be hard to not tell a story, wouldn't it? Like, it is, yeah. Because you would be involved in what you were seeing. Yeah. Because there was that famous photograph of the woman that was dying of starvation, she got really blue eyes. I think is that is that right? And then yeah. and and he it won like a big photography prize, and then he was people came at him saying you could have helped her. Yeah. And he's like, I I need to stay. Yeah. Out of it, and it's like, well, where did you stop being a photographer and start being a human being? But yeah. then at the same time, it's like, it's important. Maybe that photo shed light on a situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to, you, maybe back then more so than now, you needed to really pick, you need to have that conversation with yourself. Yeah. And you're right. It does, this modern age, it breeds a certain amount of cynicism into you. Like, for example, the, the initial, uh, incursion into Israel, like, why would Hamas choose a Psytrance festival in the middle of nowhere that was strategically unimportant? Like, why th- Why there? Yeah. That was just one of the spots, though, wasn't it? Like, they, they hit a bunch of stuff. It doesn't... I mean, this is the thing. Like, from a human being's point of view, like, I see it and I'm like, why would you do that when you just know that, like, you, you go there and kill a bunch of in, innocent, like, innocent people, regardless of which side you're on, the, the, the civilians in that space and, and certainly people dancing at a music festival, like, don't get me wrong, like, so I went to a few Stereosonics. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, yeah, like, honestly, this that is completely fucking innocent people. It's like, you're just condemn. you know you're just condemning your innocent people to the same treatment. Yep. And so, as I touched on like briefly there, strategically it doesn't make a lot of sense because you're not taking out anything of strategic importance. You're not taking out, you know, leaders. You're not taking out infrastructure. You're just murdering civilians. And all that's going to do is just get Israel pissed and they're much bigger, much stronger. I just don't see the strategic value in it. Yeah. It's, it's, it is crazy, man. But I mean, then again, it's like there's conflicts. The the the, the one that was um, that stuck out to me was that uh, I don't know. I don't want to go too political into it because it's it's like I, like I said, I don't have a, like a lot of leaning towards it. Yeah, but certainly, and we both don't know shit about yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but certainly, seeing the Western world comment on things, saying like this wasn't an act of terrorism; it was a response to years of bombings and mistreatment and stuff and it's like oh are you tweeting that from new york it's like how do you feel about september 11 yeah it's like yeah no one it's it's gross the whole thing is fucking gross and at the end of the day like the easiest stance to take on it and is somewhat offense sitting stance but i mean the, the the number one thing is innocent civilian populations shouldn't be 
living in that level of yeah in, in an existence where that can happen yeah i agree entirely i thought we'd come to a point now even though war is fucking atrocious and disgusting but we can be pretty surgical with it i thought we'd gotten to the point outside of like obviously extreme muslim fundamentalists like isis uh etc and i didn't think we were doing that anymore mm-hmm. but apparently not well i think because there's conflicts popping up in places where I, th- I think we were very much psyoped into the idea that, like, there's been boogeyman in every war that America's been in, and we've just been kind of grandfathered into this idea that America's always right. Mm. Bin Laden, bad. Al-Qaeda, bad. Saddam Hussein, bad. Allegedly. Well, yeah, that's, this is all <laughs> the things. It's like all these people are bad, but now we're seeing conflicts and we're getting information from the conflict zones before there's any political agenda pushed. Mm. And it's almost like you're like, which side is YouTube going to start banning people for yeah. talking about? Which side is Facebook going to flag and, and shadow ban you for taking? We're actually getting the information before that and then almost waiting for the media to, to, to decide. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time ever. Certainly, in this like this generation is the first time it's ever first one that's ever had to go through that. So all of this information is just coming at you, and then yeah, before it was like the information came at you already prepackaged in a way, you know, right or wrong. Maybe it's going to change the way the world feels about conflict. These things will keep happening if they're happening neutral from your personal place. Like if you know, if North Korea invaded South Korea. Oh, that's an easy one. We'd all be South Korea. <laughs> I can't think of any other areas. But, like, you know, if there were things that Israel-Palestine, for example, for the majority of people here, you're just like, I don't know. So, and it's not going to be easy. It's fucking very strange times, man. It really I is. That, I hope that we don't, especially when you see shit like that happening and you're like, it seems absurd that you're doing this. Like we said, you just, you just condemning yourself to pain and suffering i don't i don't think there's a way well there's not a way that anyone can win that without genocide to the other side right that doesn't seem like a very good way to enter into any conflict Mm. um so if countries like that were to start getting nukes as, as as ridiculous as like the american system is and the russia system russian system is and the North Korean system is, they all have nukes and they're not using them because they're not really fundamentalist. It, it's, it's not a religious or, a, um, or an ethnic division. It's an ideological division. In, you know what I mean? In a way. So every, they're all kind of being strategic with their, their flexing of nuclear weapons and stuff. But, I mean, by the looks of it, if Hamas happened to have nukes, I'm not confident that they wouldn't just be like, well, just nuke Israel and that will solve this problem. And then suddenly it's like, that's happening in the world. I suppose the problem is Palestine exists inside of Israel. So how do you, how do you even do that? I don't even know. I and, just hope everyone uh, takes a fucking, man, surely like, what do you do? It's like, this is now going to be a conflict. I wish peace would prevail. Hopefully we we don't see hopefully this isn't the last summer. 
<laughs> if it is, I'm going to make the most. Yeah, I'm going to get a tan. No. My torso hasn't seen sun since January 2022. January 2023, in fact. So nearly a year. Yeah. I was in on my first dip in the ocean today. Mm. Oh, it was beautiful. It was so cold. You know, normally you jump in and it goes like, and you're like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. And then that lasts a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. This lasted about 90 seconds. I was standing in there. I was like, oh, this is still kind of <laughs> weirdly painful. Yeah. I mean, it, then it came good. But I'm all quite salty now. You got the salt in your hair. I do. I just, I've committed 100% to beach life. <laughs> Smoked a joint when I, you came in and you're like, it smells like weed in here. <laughs> we're having a great time. I'm like 20 minutes away from putting Bob Marley on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, oh. two years. Yeah. Mark is a strange air. Uh, because I didn't realize it was two years, but like you think it, it's always, I'm always like, man, so much has happened in that two years. And it, and then it also feels like it was yesterday or like nothing has happened. Yeah. It's, it's a time is certainly a strange one when you, when you consider it, like a lot has, a lot has occurred um, between now and then. I don't know whether eating those in the mic is a great idea, eh? It'll be fine. I do your audio, mate. We're fine. That's true. That's true. Our audio is brought to you by AI. Did you know that? (laughs) I did. I did. What it does is it listens to the first 60 seconds of our conversation Mm -hmm. and then it just generates the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Predictive text. Can you ask it to make me sound heaps more interesting (laughs) next time? (laughs) But yeah, weird. Weird period of time, man. Very weird period of time. I suppose tons. I suppose a lot has happened. I went on my journey overseas. Yeah. Trying to decide whether I was going to move and stuff. And then I was like, I'll stay for the summer, try and figure it out. And then. This summer, a journey of self discovery. (laughs) That's what it was. Scott, out on his own, visiting Europe. Doing drugs and setting fire to hostels. Attempting to find himself. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> Scott Only stars. find yeah. out he was found all along. <laughs> yeah, and then money got shit when I got back. Thanks, economy. So that choice was kind of made for me. Mm. And then now it's summer again. And I don't want to be anywhere else. I love it. I love this place in summer. Yeah, it's great, eh? The awkward thing is that I spent my whole life in some ways fighting against this place, like being like, I'd, I'm going to get out of here or trying to change it in some way to suit my own existence. And then now I've got to an age where I'm like, ah, fuck, kind of rules. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're sitting on the beach, not paying for parking. There was no traffic getting there. Mm-hmm. Potentially, I mean, City Beach is like one of the nicest beaches Anywhere. Oh. Interesting. I got my dishwasher fixed the other day. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Muted. <laughs> 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 Fuck yeah. <laughs> that would be a horrible, what a horrible regime I would be running. <laughs> <laughs> you will wash dishes and not have children. <laughs> what no. was what was wrong with the dishwasher? The dishwasher. Oh man, like mistreatment. Obviously. Oh yeah, cool. I only had it for a year. I 
I just chucked dishes in there. I turned it on. They stopped coming out clean. So I was like, you know, I Googled and YouTubed and I was like, well, I clearly don't know what I'm doing here. Sounds like a blocked filter to me, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what – so I went through and cleaned out all the bits. But yeah. anyway, I wasn't – it wasn't working, so I thought, oh, well, I just put on, on um, what's it called, Airtasker. Need someone to fix my my dishwasher. So I, this guy's like, yep, I'll come around. And he comes. He's like, say a late twenties, white French dude, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, pops in. He's not in my house for less than he's not in my house two minutes. And he, when he goes, uh, the problem that you have is that uh, you're lazy. And I was like, it was first thing in the morning for me. I know this, but <laughs> if you say it again, I'm going to throw you off my balcony. <laughs> I looked at him. I wanted to be upset for a moment. And then I thought, awesome. I can't wait. To, I just can't wait to hear what this dude has to say in general. Because yeah. for anyone to walk in and just be like, yeah, the problem with your dishwasher is, is that you. you're lazy. It's like, <laughs> you're here getting money from me yes. because I'm lazy. Yes. And so, I have a dishwasher because also I'm lazy. Yeah, so exactly. Work it out. It was like I was <laughs> and I I don't have a leg to stand on. It's definitely working because I'm lazy. It's not because of <laughs> some sort of crazy malfunction that that should be covered under a warranty. <laughs> so he looks in it and um and the the one of the spinner bits has has been knocked off because I've stacked it too high or mm-hmm. something. And he's like, it's this. And I'm like, well, dude, I don't know dishwashers. Like I looked at it, nothing looked completely out of the ordinary. And then he goes to run water through that in the tap and nothing comes out of the holes. And he's looking at me like, how did you let this happen? It's like, dude, I don't care. He goes, do you have a toothbrush? I was like, yeah, but I brush my fucking teeth with it. And then I remembered I had a, a spare so he's just toothbrushed it. The whole thing's fixed in like 60 seconds. The dude makes 120 bucks. And um, but he puts on a he puts on a cycle. I was like, run us run the quick cycle so I can make sure that it's actually working before you leave. He's like, cool. And then he just starts sprouting his like disdain for the world at me. And I was just like, great, let's have it. And it was the most it was the most unhinged rhetoric i've ever heard so the guy lived in sydney and now lives in perth he'd come over he's, he's come over here he didn't want to do he, he fixes dishwashers and does general handyman stuff but he didn't want to go to tafe or get a trade or anything because he didn't want to give any money to the australian government and i was like okay didn't bother pushing for any further information on that kept it moving and then he's, I said, well, do you like Perth? And he was like, nah, everyone here is rude. And um, yeah, everyone here is rude and lazy. Coming from a fucking yeah. Frenchman, that's rich. I was like, dude, I literally, I've, I've hired you to clean my dishwasher. You've called me lazy and that is rude. Like we are <laughs> combined the problem here, obviously. Um, but yeah, then he was like, oh yeah, the place you guys don't realize all these immigrants are like fucking up. Perth and it's it's all going to be over soon and I was like what are you talking about and he's like they come here and take all the jobs and I said okay what jobs are you talking about and then I realized he was talking about Airtasker so he's like they do all the cleaning and they do like delivery driving and like Uber and stuff like that and I was like 
yeah, that's okay. Like, I don't think the majority of people here aren't competing for those jobs. They're competing for other jobs. So everyone's kind of accepting. So I, I don't agree with your thing. And I was like, you're from France. You're a fucking immigrant. You're, like, you're on the same <laughs> thing. I just couldn't believe the hypocrisy of what he was saying. And I was like, yeah, man, we're, we're all pretty content here. And he goes, yeah, that's the problem. Like you're all just so chilled out and content. So it doesn't bother you. I was like, well, you know, it doesn't bother me personally because all of the, you know, like having an Uber driver that's from another country is not an issue. I, I've never even been like, I wish my Uber driver was Australian. Yeah, That's insane. It's like, I don't, uh, you didn't get here and I didn't go, I wish my dishwasher wasn't, wasn't a French prick. Yeah. <laughs> so strange, man. I was about to say, the only thing that I would want my Frenchman doing is making croissants. <laughs> but you know what? Ryan Chu at Chu Bakery makes a fucking better one. So fuck off back to France. Why have you got to be so Bro, I've had a beef with France since 20... <laughs> 2006. Why? It was a tale. Um, I flew with a friend to New York City, the big smoke, the big apple. On the way, we picked up a flight via Air France to Tahiti. Thought we'd do a couple of days in the big T before we flopped over to the big app. You know what I'm saying? Didn't realize Tahiti. I mean, yeah, it's good that you're saying it in code. It was extremely expensive, but um, and I had no money, which really was the, the cause of this issue that I'm about to explain to you. So flying into Tahiti, sorry, fly, about to fly out of Tahiti to New York, I didn't have a return ticket because I had planned to get to New York, buy a ticket to Canada because it was going to be cheaper than buying it to, from Perth, and then go there and do a ski season. In Tahiti, Air France told me they wouldn't let me enter the country or leave Tahiti unless I had a ticket out of America. So I was like, okay. Oh, they wouldn't let you board the plane. Correct. I was like, what's the cheapest flight that you have out of New York? doesn't matter where it is because they were like, what you can do is buy it, and then when you get to New York, get a refund. Mm -hmm. That sounds okay. I didn't have the $600 really to spend, but I was like, okay, if I'm going to get this refund, cool. So I buy the fucking ticket. It's like New York to fucking Vanuatu or some shit. And um, it was about 650 bucks. Get to New York, trot out. This is before fucking iPhones. So try and find the Air France office, go there, and... Uh, yeah, sure, we'll provide you a refund. It can take four to six months. Yes. So Josh, with no money, thought he was going to get the majority of his money back instantly. Um, was not explained to that it could take up to six months. Um, so I had a fairly significant fight with the French man behind the desk. Probably goes without saying, I didn't get anywhere, <laughs> except angrier. Um, and then I just wore it. I ended up getting home and it took me, uh, yeah, six months to get that, uh, that money back. So from that day forth, I have cursed every Frenchman I've met. You hate France because an Air France flight in Tahiti made you buy a ticket <laughs> that you required to have. They would have never let you into New York. You wouldn't have been able to get out of the airport. 
And for that, you hate a, a nation that you've never been to. It's pretty way. It's pretty good way of summing it up. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. It checks out, right? Man, by that standard, I should hate the UK because uh, British Airways. It's been a year, probably, probably fourteen months since I was away, and uh, they still haven't re- re- refunded me for my flights that got cancelled. Wow. So damn you, Britain, and everything you stand for. <laughs> uh, glad the Queen died. <coughs> also, after the way you guys treated David Beckham. <laughs> Did you watch the documentary? I haven't, no. Oh, brilliant, man. Yeah. I'm so glad that the world now gets to see David Beckham through my eyes. Because he was, no one was that aware of how good he was at football. Yeah. And how prominent he was and how much on that alone he is a forever a legend. I was the biggest David Beckham frother back in the day. Yeah, absolute I king. fohawked it and I wore exclusively Adidas Predators. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that rules. Absolute king, man. And I think a lot of people were just like overwhelmed by the the Beckhams, you know, and, um, Victoria Beckham's husband and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's such a good watch. Oh, I'll have a look. His voice does tick me off, though. You can't help but love the man. Yeah, true. And if you don't, this podcast is over. Did you? Uh, did did they dig down deep into the affair with the Dutch woman? She was fire, by the way. Looked her up on Google. Jesus. Posh Spice is a. Oh my god. Oh, this Dutch. She's one, amazing to this day. This Dutch one might have her trumped. Well, they did mention it, but they did it in a way where it was part of the documentary. Mm. But I feel like everyone I've spoke to that watched it, I was like, did they they confirm it or like because they kind of went into it for a second and him and Victoria Beckham both speak about it and then they move on and you're like, Are you saying it happened? Or it they didn't go into much detail. They were just like, it was the hardest time of my life. <laughs> and then I scored a free kick against Greece in the last minute that took England <laughs> to the World Cup, and you're like, whoa. Misdirection. But it goes to show, man, like, I mean, they have such a strong, they appear to have such a strong relationship and they seem like for how famous they are to be incredibly well adjusted. And even, I mean, he, they made it through a cheating scandal. Yeah. So if you get cheated on, you, do you stick it out or do you, do you bounce? There's uh, there's pros and cons to both, I suppose. But David Beckham, or Victoria Beckham, stuck it out. You know what? David stuck it in. <laughs> David, that was David's problem was <laughs> that he was digging doing down the exact into the, digging down into the cheating thing, right? <laughs> You're about to besmirch the name of my dear David. No, have you have you seen the Dutch woman? No, show me the, the Dutch woman. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah, but when you okay, here's the thing. She physically couldn't be more different to Victoria Beckham. Victoria yeah. Beckham svelte, quite athletic. She looks like a pin-up girl. Voluptuous. From, with, yes, yes, let's say that. Chest heavy, shall we say. <laughs> Would you be more pissed if you were Victoria that he cheated on someone that looked like you or similar to you or the complete opposite? Interesting you should say that because another legend of Manchester, Ryan Giggs, mm. 
The current rapper now. Uh, no. Quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact. Big in the grime game. <laughs> Potentially one of the worst people that's ever lived. <laughs> yeah. Revered by fans. Had a brother called Rodri. Are they just making up names over there now or what? Rodri was also a footballer. Not as gifted as Ryan. Played in like their second or third division. And then... Ryan had an affair with Rodri's wife. I did hear about this. That lasted, I believe it was like eight years, to the point where they're not, he's not sure if one of his kids is his or his brother's. <sighs> she was a real estate agent and she used to show houses and before people got there, she'd have sex with Ryan Giggs in the house. Absolute piece of shit. They look so insanely similar. They're from like a from Salford, like a really shitty part of Manchester and grew up in shitty conditions and the family has turned on Rodri. Oh. Not Ryan because he's the cash cow so the family doesn't talk to anymore. <laughs> what an absolute piece of shit. But imagine someone cheating on you with the sibling. Yeah. How many L's can Rodri take? Uh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so, a lot You'd have to, to kill unpack. him. You'd have to kill him. You're like yeah, some game world, of famous, shit. world famous footballer. You have it all. You yeah. have all the money, all the adoration. All I am is Ryan Giggs' brother. And then you fuck my wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then made him look after his bastard child. Dude. Probably didn't even tell him. Savage. And then turn the family against me. Bro, that's, ga- that's Game of Thrones. In the EPL. Dude, you have to kill. You'd have to kill. Yeah, stab straight away. Did you ever watch that show that uh, played for a very short time called Footballers Wives? No. I think it was on around the same time that uh, September 11 happened. Like that kind of era, 2001-ish. It was fucking great. Just about footballers. Was it fictional or was it actually- Fictional. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I do remember it. Yeah. It was just a slutty English Correct. show. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. They just they did make the same show like over and over again with different scenarios. Like, it was like footballers' wives, air hostesses, <laughs> people who work on boats. <laughs> and all it was was just the same like chicks from Essex getting pounded in different uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, fucking 2002, I was pretty close. You were pretty close. 4.4 out of 5 on Amazon. 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, which is pretty good considering it was IMDb. pretty dog shit. <laughs> I fucking, I might just try and find a torrent of that and revisit the past. Revisit. Have you ever found yourself in a position where there is something extremely heavy to pick up and you do not have the physical attributes to be able to manage it? I have. I know Scott has. And if you find yourself in a similar predicament, you should reach out to Jackson Moore at Perth Fork Trucks. These boys have been servicing the Perth fork trucking industry for over a decade? Maybe more. I don't know. It's been a long time. We don't have that information. They are experts, though. You can guarantee that. The guys are currently running a promo up until December where you can enter for free to win yourself a forklift. Now, I'm personally thinking about entering just so I can drive it down Murray Street and move any idiot that doesn't know how to merge properly. If you're interested in winning your own very own fork truck, go to perthforktrucks.com.au. The link is going to be down in the description below or reach out to Jackson Moore.
How's your fucking gymming going? You're sticking to the. I'm all over it, eh? Yeah, yeah. Good it's for good. you. The steps, the steps is the hardest, man. Because if you weren't doing jujitsu, you'd have to. Well, you go, you walk in the morning and stuff, right? Not anymore. No, okay. that was just something I did because my girlfriend made me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> girls have been on the walking, bro. Oh, they're on the That's walking. How, like, you're dating someone, and you're just like you've never, you never go to the gym. How are you, like, in shape? And secretly, they're just walking, man. Always. Whenever they're not with you, they're walking. Just walking. Yeah. Like offices, walking. Mm-hmm. Laptops, walking with them in with, the hands. With the laptops, yeah. yes. Yes. 100%. Some of them have little treadmills under their desk. Little known fact, women constantly on the move. <laughs> <laughs> Until you put on a movie and then they are asleep in 43 Absolutely. seconds. Absolutely. But yeah, so I've- that's the hardest part because it's like an hour and a half a day. So I try and break it up like I walk to work. But if I walk to work, I then need to walk to the end of Riverside Drive and back and then home to make it up for the to make the, the number for the that's, day. That's quite a lot, eh? Yeah. Try but no, I'm feeling great, man. I feel very, very, very good. So I'm just having a look. My usual work day, considering where I park and getting to work and just like getting lunch and shit – I'm between sort of six and seven and a half thousand. That's what that's what it pops up as. Yeah, that's really good. It's not bad. If I drive to work and I don't cruise around, I can I can get to like eleven hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You do and that's nothing. Like eh? Sedient? What's it called? Sedentary. Sedentary. Yeah. And like, if you're not diff, if you don't like, I'm forty-one years old, man. If I don't go to the gym and pick things up. And lift them over my head and that sort of shit. The ability to lift things up and put things over my head will be gone mm. because there's no. I graphic design things. Mm. All that's going to happen is my wrist and fingers will evolve to some sort of amazing, super quick twitch fibers, but mm-hmm. my the rest of my body will slowly decay, and then suddenly there'll be like a fucking North Face, <laughs> zip up and a pair of fucking khaki pants and. I will bald. A Paul Smith briefcase. Yeah. And then suddenly that's what happens. It's like, you know, in Spider-Man when you fucking no venom when it comes around. Uh-huh. Like that. Uh-huh. It'll be like that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ukraine I'm flag fighting. on your profile yeah, photo. <laughs> exactly. It happens slowly, but it happens. Um, so I'm fighting against that mm, mm. by lifting up things in the gym. I've actually just progressed to the next stage of – Gymming, where I now only lift things that I need to make noise while lifting, which is confronting. Okay. I try and keep it to a minimal. Mm-hmm. I just do that. <laughs> but if I really wanted to, I could do that. Because <laughs> 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 the first four months, you're just doing like you're doing high volume, yeah, um, lesser weight, and now it's they kind of switch it. But yeah, it sucks. And I'm still not filming myself doing anything. Yeah, good. Fuck that. That just keeps it real, bro. Fuck that noise. And also, I still enjoy myself. Like, I've got to check in, like, every couple of weeks and send them, like, measurements and all yeah. that sort of bullshit. Hog shot. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a full front of <laughs> Which they never asked for, but I felt it was necessary. <laughs> just want to let you know what I'm working with. Uh, <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, I'll be so good. In the 10 days lead up to that, I am like militant with everything. 
that night I'm like <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> 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 Treat time. <laughs> yeah, I just like fucking go hard. And uh, and then I kind of, I get that feeling where I'm like, you should, like the hate yourself now feeling. And I'm mm. like, ah, fuck that, man. A man's got to live. That's a real thing, eh? Like yeah, I, you need to fight against it, man, because you're not a piece of shit. You're just yeah. a fucking... I mean, i got to be in the top 5% of human beings. Like, the fact that I'm exercising and doing... Like, there is... Look around. Mm. Look around at lunchtime in the city. Mm. People, motherfuckers, waiting to die. Dead men walking. Mate, the fucking cretins that walk around this city, that go to work every day, lining up for Zambreros like fucking retards. <sighs> If you have to line up for lunch, don't go there. It's not that good. You know? Like, what the fuck? They're all lined up at Tokyo fucking Subway for some fucking mass-produced sushi roll. It's like, hey, man, find somewhere else. Don't line up. It's a watering hole. It's fucking cooked is what it is. There's a really nice Japanese man in that arcade where the food court is uh, between St. George's Terrace and Murray Street. There's that little... That where City Provisions is on the um, on the St. George's Terrace side. Yeah, on the east side. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you, <laughs> go, you go up there and then right in the middle of that arcade is a place called Wasabi. And it's a legitimate little Japanese man and his wife. And they give you a fucking stamp card. They're so passionate about what they do. You hear them speaking Japanese. That's the place to go for your sushi. Dude, can I just say... You hate an entire nation in yes. Europe yes. for their national airline upsetting you. Yes. You were jailed in Japan for 71 days. And rightfully so. And you, just, <laughs> and you still <laughs> love the Japanese. Right. They, personally, so. <laughs> they personally imprisoned you. Yes. And I deserved it. <laughs> but a six hundred dollar plane ticket. <laughs> yes. That does not sound like they were in the wrong, except for their their policy of refunds, which believe me, I understand. And a whole nation. Yes. You despise. Yes. Um, have you ever had ramen? <laughs> <laughs> Man, yes. I do have some beef with the Japanese, but um, it's nothing that can't be uh, can't be worked out with some really upfront and honest conversation. <laughs> I am pretty bummed I can't go back there though. John Mayer's playing December thirty first in Tokyo. Now that would be a fucking day to remember. What you should have done is when you were at your when you were out there voting today, mm-hmm. is you should have come up with a slightly different name, and then. Got on the electoral roll oh, and then scored yourself a new, passport a new passport through that as your identification and then returned to Japan in disguise. I wonder. And gone to a John Mayer concert. I actually am double passported. <clears throat> well, I'm not technically. I don't have it in my possession, but I can be. So I wonder if I could get into Japan on a British passport. You probably could. I used to go in and out of America because I've got an English one. You used to go in on one and then come out on the other, didn't you? No, nah, I used oh. to go in and out, but then I would, ne- I would never double up. Ah. So I think I probably went like 10 times. Because you could do like 30 days, for example, yep. and then do 30 days straight away on a different passport, allegedly. We've got our Jim Christmas party approaching um, on November the 11th. 
And um, it's been an interesting time in in the Costa Academy ecosystem over the last few weeks because the Costa Academy universe, the the tribe of coloured belts have decided to put on a sixteen man white belt competition internally in the gym, and uh, there's been seeding done and brackets and we all have to choose a coach and we will all fight to the death for their obvious pleasure uh, on november is 11th this, is this do you reckon this is going to be low-key a belt giving no it's like no nah. they, they just throw two blue belts <laughs> and they're like there's only two positions vacant and you all just need to murder fight, each other fight for like it. that batman scene with the Pool cues. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I doubt that thoroughly, but um, it's very obvious that they literally just want to see us all die or at least draw blood. Um, and Which isn't the easiest thing in jiu-jitsu. Tension in the gym is very high at the moment. How heavily do you have to hug someone to make them bleed? <sighs> <laughs> Pretty heavily. <laughs> Although I did get cut when I last competed, actually. Or did he get cut? I cut someone. Someone got cut. I don't think it was me. I think it was him. Fingers, generally, because yeah. on the gi. But Alex, my dear friend Alex Edwards, um, actually choked someone so hard, the man got a blood nose mid-choke, and it gushed out of him like a sprinkler. It was great was it to like see. A, did he not have it completely? He oh, no, he, he, he had it. Neck. Yeah, he had it and just squeezed this man so hard that blood shot out of his nose. That doesn't sound. That sounds like a guy should probably go to the hospital. Like, that, <laughs> that's it's probably, a brain it's not tumor. meant to happen. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been a fun time in the gym. There is a lot of uh, egos at stake. Um, no one wants to lose, and I'm just imagining what it's going to be like. It's the Christmas party, so it's going to be full of people, and they're all going to be screaming for blood. Are you drinking prior to this? Am I drinking? Well, it's a Christmas party. No, no, no. It's a gym Christmas party. There might be some fucking acai and kombucha Dude, or something. Dude, every gym Christmas party I've been to is- There was been beers packed, The last toilets time. have been packed with dudes doing cocaine. Yeah, but you go to a nightclub gym, so- I did. <laughs> <laughs> Our dear Luke Faulkner. We're not saying that uh, your members do cocaine in the toilets, but it's highly likely that they do. But they did. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I went to that. <laughs> I went to that Christmas party. Set thirty fucking rules, man. I, th- certainly, with the time that I had there was just the best. And um, I went to the Christmas party, and our dear friend Stefan Del Pizzo had done nothing. This is a story about someone else. Um, someone that I know <laughs> had had a weed vape that had come back from America, and um, I was just chilling at this Christmas party wasn't really that keen on drinking and they were handing out the prizes for like you know what like they do yeah belts if you like <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah i had a couple of hits at this weed vape and then he was leaving and i was like oh man let me get a couple more hits of that thing before you go and i didn't realize how strong it was so i'm sitting there amongst a hundred other members in the nightclub gym so stoned publicly that I was like holding onto the seat that I was, you know, when you just like, yeah, you used to smoking weed, but you're like, oh, I'm so high in public, this is yep. uncomfortable. And I was laughing and I was obviously telling like my friends that I was there with, I was like, oh my god, like I've made a mis- I made a horrible mistake. 
And then they were like, and the winner for like most improved or something, Scott Miller. And I'm like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And I walked up and everyone had been doing speeches and stuff. And I walked and I was like, this is a nightmare. And I shook Luke's hand and he gave me the thing and I just held his hand. I was like, I'm so high. Don't make me talk. (laughs) He was like, cool. (laughs) I would have given you the microphone straight away. Dude, that's exactly what should happen. (laughs) that's got to be the funniest thing because if you get stoned normally you're in the comfort of your own home and you're just chilling you're like winding down for the night i remember getting stoned once and going to the wildcats and i walked out of my office like i was with my my friend from america and he was like man i've got this joint and i was like oh we'll smoke it and then we'll go horrible place to be stoned (laughs) absolutely horrible (laughs) standing in the perth arena like Thousands of people passing by me. It's all about the environment, eh? If you take yourself out of your your uh, the environment you're accustomed to and just change the location, smoke the same amount of weed in a different spot, it can go real bad. It can go real bad really quickly. <laughs> the comfort of home is the best place for it. Sometimes Actually, I, I have been that. my walks. Like I said, my evening walks have been bolstered by my... Medical THC. The warm embrace of cannabis. Oh, it's so lovely. <laughs> it's so, so lovely. My, uh, I won't say who, but my relative made some weed brownies that you mm, sampled. I did. And um, I did, eating, eating it doesn't get me the same way as it does get everyone else, but I had two of those the other night and um, just woke up on the couch at 1am, just didn't even remember going to sleep and literally time travelled. They really don't hit you like that, do they? Nah, man. Because I have, I had, um, I had a weed gummy that came back from America, and it absolutely sent me into orbit. And you had two of them, yeah, and were at dinner. <laughs> I had to go home from the office. I was on a call as well, a work call back then, because it was a Friday afternoon. I finished for the day, but a client called me, and I just had it. And I was like, ah, that's cool. I can navigate through this. And then it hit a point where I wasn't talking and the person on the other side of the phone wasn't talking. And I was holding the phone against my ear and I was like, in my head, I was like, how long have I been silent for? Is it my turn to talk? (laughs) And I just like, like down the rabbit hole. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I'll speak to you guys on Monday. And they were like, no problems, thanks. And I have no, I have no idea how long that's on <laughs> to this day. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't hit you because that one that we spoke about on here before when we were in mm. California, it hits me so, so hard. I kind of wish it did because I mm. miss out on those interesting experiences. Well, you know what the interesting thing about it is? It's a completely, diff- it's n- it's not like being stoned. Mm. It's a completely different experience. It's more akin to being on mushrooms. Hallucinogenics, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the worst, the worst drug experiences I've ever had have been on edible weed, hands down. <laughs> where you're completely accepting that you're that you're done for, yeah, um, and that you are going to be the first to die <laughs> from weed. No one's ever died from weed. Well, not yet. But yeah, I'd been on the, I'd, I'd had the vape weed, which was the the vape THC, but now. I'm back on the flower and it's much nicer. The, the vape stuff is a lot more like edibles. Like it's like 
again, doesn't get me. So yeah. I can smoke the vape like a motherfucker and I'm just like, okay, I'm tired, but that's it. Yeah, I wonder what it is. It must just be a chemical thing, right? Because yeah. it's like me, like I was, like we've said before, like cocaine doesn't, mm. it doesn't do to me what it does to other people. So I tried it a few times and I was like, I'm fucking, this is pointless. Mm. Enjoy your champagne. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. What are we looking at at time, Scourge? We're good, boy. We're good. Episode 85. Yeah, but what does that mean? 86 in the bag. We're one oh. hour. Fuck you. Yes. One hour, three minutes. 86 episodes. 86. This is good. I had a good time today. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed this. It was fun. It's been, I labored through one the other week. Yeah. But this flowed nicely. I think we all have our days, don't yeah. we? Well, when I mean, over in. that longer period of time, you're going to, right? You're going to have super uppers, super yeah. downer ones. I have not gone back and listened to any. No, in fact, neither have I. It would be interesting to listen to one from like early on and just because I don't know if we got better or worse. <laughs> maybe we should just go back and maybe like next week we should do a um, like a trip down memory lane and just uh, have a look at the episodes. And Oh, no, we have a guest next week. Do we? Yes, uh, I haven't told you. Young Arno Faraji, who oh, was cool. in the office um, randomly. I came in here on Thursday or Wednesday. Yeah. And he was in here with Josh that is in the studio. And I had never met the dude. And he was playing FIFA. And then I had my headphones on working. And Josh was like, can, he, can you plug the piano in for him, the Rhodes? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And then I was just sitting in there listening. And the dude was just cooking up. A whole song, like in here, using everything. And I was like, mm. this is great. Because that's all I ever want. Is, yeah. Because people will come in and people are like scared to touch it and stuff. Dude was like fully working. Um, and then I came through and I was showing him a couple of things that the synth can do because he wasn't familiar with it. And then I started playing piano and he was playing. And we just jammed for like an hour in the middle of the day. It was sick. Mint. And I wasn't aware of who he was until... Someone until Josh tagged me in a photo with him, and I was like, "Oh shit, I actually yeah. know your music." Yeah, um, and he's a very talented dude. And yeah, he was, he's a lovely guy. We had a, we ended up chatting for for a couple of hours. I was he like, was "Dude, you got to come on the pod." Doing uh, yeah, did unearth while he was in school, and I remember hearing it uh, at that time. Yeah, very cool, very cool. And just quietly, I fucking I just had a look on Spotify. Then I I said it was two years, but I didn't really know. I knew it was October. Mm. Our first podcast, Josh Goes to Japanese Jail, 14th of October, 2021. Do you know what date it is today? The 14th 14, of October. Wow. To the day. To the friend. goddamn day. To the day. That is absolutely crazy. You know what we should do is, <laughs> do you ever see that thing with um, Shia LaBeouf where he watched, where he went in the cinema and watched all his own movies and live streamed it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like crying when he was watching like Transformers and stuff. <laughs> We'll just do a live stream of me and you sitting for, say, a, 90 hours. No, <laughs> well over 100 hours just listening to our own podcast and it's you're not allowed to leave. We'll just both put- Clockwork cath- orange. Our yeah. eyes are just fucking stapled We'll get catheters over. professionally put in. <laughs> uh, look forward to it, guys. And we now. Thank you to hey, the and if you Patreon love it, people. If you love it, if you love it, which we keep getting told by people in, in DMs, Love the podcast. Join the Patreon. It's cheap. It's kind of the saving grace for us. 
Um, and to the Patreons that we do have, thank you so much. We love all of you. Yes. Deeply. And thank you for anyone who's bought merch again. Um, there are some questions, actually, before oh, we okay. wrap. Let's get it. A little secret fucking extra. But I don't know how much of these we're going to talk on, so I'll just quickly run through them. Mark Vaughan, um, our dear friend. Who our traveling Mark Vaughan. Been on, uh, been on a little European bender. Um, I don't know what he was trying to say here, but I think I know what he was trying to say. He said takes to a 35-year-old dude. I think he meant talked to a 35-year-old dude who told me he met his wife at Red Sea slash cheek because I posted that photo of us looking like we're at Red Sea because it says father on it, but it was actually Republic. So, Mark, work it out, mate. One, <laughs> fucking type better. Two, understand your clubbing history. But we appreciate your question um, slash statement. Statement. And um, that's Man, really meeting good Meeting a cheek would have been... Crazy. Yeah, she would probably be 15. <laughs> um, Sam Bromwich. After seeing this photo, the old owner of Republic, our dear cowboy. Now, if you go back, my dear Sam, I think to episode two, it's entitled Nightclub Nostalgia. You will hear a full breakdown on our thoughts on our dear cowboy, Corey. Dear cowboy and Weird some cunt. stories. <laughs> uh, Rach Cherry. Alone on Netflix, have you watched it? Thoughts, P.S., love, love, love the pod. Rach, go back in history, my dear, if you love it so much. I think it was maybe five episodes ago, my dear Scott talked about how it was a giant cock tease because no one, in fact, got ate by a bear. It really was a cock tease. <laughs> or and a wolf. Actually, messages, if there is any episodes where someone does get eaten by a bear. Yeah, I'd like to see I that. I would watch that. Absolutely. Um, Humbert. Who holds the record for most times kicked out of Dorsia control in one night? And was it me? <laughs> <laughs> it pro- I'd say it probably was It probably was you, yeah. yes. Um, I do remember someone got kicked out once and then came, like someone that we know that was a pest and then you came back with a – you come back with a knife? <laughs> Fuck. I was like, they're not going to let you back in now. Yeah. This and you're made not gonna, it worse. You're not going to use the knife. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. And if I wasn't working there, it would probably have been me. Absolutely. Tim Pack, black belt from Amma Gym, wants to know about testosterone supplementation. We can talk about that offline, Timothy. <laughs> 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 and let me tell you, it's great. <laughs> um, and also today, a... Happy birthday to our dear friend Tony Knight, aka Slim Jong Il, ex-producer of the podcast, who famously deserted us in our time of most need for the starry lights and trannies of Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Tony so much. I know, truly. Happy our group birthday, chat was, our group chat was one of the funniest things that has happened in a while this week. I was having a ball. You weren't partaking too much. Yeah. I was saying lots of things that would get me cancelled on every platform. <laughs> Immediately. That we're published on. And I enjoyed that's it thoroughly. That's what the chat is for. Yes. So, happy birthday, Tony. I hope you're having a great day in Bangkok and um, sample some of the local delights and let us know how it is. You know, one last thing. Because you said that that girl would have been 15 when she was at Cheek. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you aware of Jerry Seinfeld's? Yes, I am. Jesus Christ. How the yeah. hell did that slide under yeah. the radar? Naughty boy. So, for those playing at home, 
your dear King Jerry Seinfeld. I personally never a Seinfeld fan, so this is kind of like a good thing for me. He was dating a 17-year-old. She was still in high school. And the media were like joking about it. Like, look who's in love. (laughs) It was in 1998. It was a different time, Scott. It was a different time. (laughs) There's an award show where Howard Stern does a song joking about Jerry Seinfeld and his statutory raping. Mm. And everyone's laughing like, <laughs> that Jerry. That's just our Jerry. He was 38 years old. Oh, that's my age now. He was 38 years old and that's she was 17. fucked. There is nothing I could talk about. And everyone about was like, she, is, she doesn't look 17 and she is hot. That's, that's how it was back then. She's mature for her age. And then if you go... If you go on YouTube, there is only like five videos addressing this on the whole of YouTube, which right. is insane. But one video of him renouncing Louis C.K. and Harvey Weinstein. And when you watch it with the context of knowing that he was dating a 17-year-old, it's him being like, yeah, yeah, that's, they're, they're definitely wrong. That's a, they're, they're wrong. <sighs> they're definitely wrong for doing it. And you can just see him shitting himself that they're going to yeah. now be like, what about, what about the seventeen-year-old thing? Because um, <laughs> so creepy, man. Yeah, that's weird. How did he matrix that whole movement? Money, power, coffee in cars with celebrities. Exactly, Porsches. Oh. How? Who's going to be the next Seinfeld star to fall? Uh. Because we lost Kramer. <laughs> we lost Kramer early. <laughs> <laughs> Kramer, Kramer was hard. just like Kramer was like man Jerry can get away with fucking a 17 year old I, I bet I can say people. the n-word wrong <laughs> 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 someone get protect George <laughs> at all costs we need him isn't it the um, Elaine like she's really famous still she has some Julia Louis Dreyfus yeah yeah, I think they're all fucking super rich and super famous still, to be honest. Where's George at? I haven't seen George in anything. Oh, Costanza. Oh, I don't even, even know his real name. I should, but um, fuck. Mind blank. But yeah, he's still kicking around. He's still doing stuff. I saw a thing where it was like when that show was being filmed, George was like 34 years old or yeah. something. So we're older than George Costanza yeah. was yeah, when crazy. that was being filmed. There's some really interesting little Easter eggs in that show. Um, like, for example, I think George wore the same pair of shoes for the entirety of that thing. Nike Cortez's, <laughs> randomly. Crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. All right. On that Jerry, note. Jerry Seinfeld was fingering children. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Peace. Lovegoodpodcast.com. Lovegoodpodcast.com. Lovegoodpodcast.com.